0: You're listening to another great message from Northside Community Church. Well, guys, I'm sure you'll agree with me if you've been with us these last few weeks. Sam has been leading us through a marvellous series on leadership, uh, leading a legacy. We've been going through 2 uh, Timothy. Now you get an extra bonus this week because Sam has prepared, for those of you who are in connection groups, he has prepared an incredible expositional study of 2 Timothy chapter 3. Tonight, I'm providing uh, a more of a topical approach based on this passage, but a more topical approach to the whole theme of perseverance. So you get it both ways. You get the the exposition and you get the thematic, topical kind of development of the thing as well. What a week to be talking about perseverance. Cadell Evans, hello. Uh, Oh, yes. Just give it up for Cadell. It takes me back to my bike riding days in Perth and... um, Yes, the ride between Applecross and Cottesloe was... Uh, well, it was my Tour de France, Michael. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Just a little bit. Yeah. What happened? I thought he was running about fourth or something. I mean, that man is amazing. Well, perseverance. Um, the Bible reading tonight, guys, is from, uh, from 2 Timothy chapter 3. And we're reading verses 10 down to 14. Listen to this. Here's Paul. Now, against the backdrop of perseverance... Try to dial into what he's getting at here with young Timothy. He's not just going to say, look, Timothy, uh, persevere, mate. Just keep going in the faith. Just break through and just just keep going. No, no, no. He's, he's, He's providing evidence. Evidence from his own life as to how he has persevered. Look at this. Verse 10. But you, Timothy, have followed my teaching, my conduct, and my purpose in life. You have observed my faith. My patience, my love, my endurance. You know all that happened to me in Antioch, Iconium and Lystra. The terrible persecutions I endured, but the Lord rescued me from them all. Has that theme of rescue coming through tonight. Everyone who wants to live a godly life in union with Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Oh, gee, I thought it was going to be an easy life. I heard a preacher once say it would be. Must have been reading the wrong Bible. And evil Persons and imposters will keep on going from bad to worse, deceiving others and being deceived themselves. But as for you, continue in the truths that you were taught and firmly believe. got a question tonight, guys. What's been the greatest example of perseverance in your life up till now? Have a little think about it. If we had time, we'd probably get you to turn to a partner. What's the greatest example of perseverance in your life? I know many of you have studied hard. We've got some multiple degree people here. And you sacrificed a lot. You sacrificed social life. You sacrificed some good income for a season. You knuckled down. You just pressed on and you now have the results. But boy, it didn't come come easy, am I right? What about some of you who are into sport? I know Michelle is a big, she's a runner. And uh, she's not the only runner here. We've got a few runners. And I know you press through those, those barriers when you're in a, uh, a marathon or a triathlon. Uh, you know, perseverance, keep just keeping at it. Uh, some of you here uh, are in programs designed to help people overcome addictions of one kind or another. And you tell me that your story has been one of perseverance. And uh, we celebrate with some of you one, two, three years alcohol free, four years alcohol free. Uh, we have people in our morning congregation thirty years plus alcohol free, and that's that's perseverance. That's a real journey of of, of strong, solid endurance. On a, a lower note, I mean, just persevering to get your flat screen set up. I mean, that's uh, that's I mean, that's pretty that's pretty rugged, isn't it? I got a couple of friends I ring to when, when that's if I have anything technical in my family. Uh, or in my home, just getting a mobile phone set up, I got a new phone this week, and that 's uh, not easy to get that set up, and drew on the help of uh, our worship pastor to do that, and he was very, very kindly did so. Um, guys, look, perseverance it 's one of the most important of all qualities we can have. Why? Why is perseverance so critical? Why is it so vital to your life and mine? I tell you why, because to grow spiritually. Emotionally, to grow as persons, we have to expand our horizons, we have to broaden our knowledge, we have to deepen our understanding. You just don't throw life in a neutral and start cruising. I mean, some do, but there's no growth there. To grow, you've got to be always on a on sort of a, 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 a mission or a journey of expanding your knowledge and expanding your understanding of life. But here's the thing on that journey, we encounter barriers like you wouldn't believe. Am I right? We encounter hardships. We encounter things that are just, like Emma talked about tonight from her experience, things that are just designed to just stop us dead in our tracks and to let the cynicism build up and say, well, if that's the hand I've been dealt, then I'm sorry. I'm stepping off the treadmill. This is not for me. I'm just going to wallow in a bit of self-pity, and I really think I deserve to because I've had a pretty rough run. That was a choice Emma Henderson could have made. It's a choice many of you could have made. It could be a choice some of you have made. And part of my purpose tonight is to try to get you out of that particular mindset. We encounter barriers designed to stunt our growth and impede our development. Life is full of challenges. Some people are overwhelmed by the challenges of life. Just absolutely blown away. Overwhelmed. Others come through stronger. What's the difference? One word. Perseverance. And we would add on perseverance through the Holy Spirit, born out of a living relationship with Jesus Christ. But that... That word, perseverance, that's what makes the difference. That's a person's endurance, their stickability. By virtue of our calling as Christians, we are meant to be people of perseverance. It's not an optional extra, guys. You don't have persevering Christians and coasting Christians. (laughs) You have growing Christians and you have Christians who are just kind of not getting to where God really wants them to be. You have those two. I don't know where you want to be. I know where I want to be. I want to be becoming the kind of person God intends for me to come, realising my full potential in him. Jesus Christ is our great example in this whole area. He is the number one example. I want to unpack a couple of ways in which Jesus is our crucial, pivotal example when it comes to endurance. In his life, in his ministry, he is our source of inspiration and our motivation. Let me show you a couple of things. Number one, people of perseverance know that before a resurrection... There has to be a death. They know that. Many people only want to know about resurrection. They only want to know about the breakthrough, the answer. They want to to know about the achievement, the success. That's what they want to. They don't want to cope with disappointment, with heartache, with rejection, with criticism, with pain. Take me straight to Easter Sunday. Can we bypass Good Friday? That seems a little painful. That is not the way it is in life. In the journey, inevitably, there'll be setbacks. Followers of Jesus know this. They're prepared for this. They understand that before resurrection, there has to be a death. We've experienced that here in a very tangible way at Northside. Like as part of our journey, we had to put to death financial security. We were a comparatively debt-free church before this project took place. And then we were plunged into debt, huge debt. We had to forfeit the notion that the church was a building. I mean, Christians say, "Oh, the church is not a building." Of course not. It's people. You try to move a communion table, or you try to rearrange the flowers, or try to do anything that represents change in that building, and that theology is put to the test. We had to put that theology to the test because I stood up the out of my car. On the corner of Pole Lane and Christie Lane, and I watched our old building be demolished, smashed to pieces, over a two-day period. It didn't take very long, and it really, you know, kind of I was heavy of heart, and I wasn't even sentimentally attached to the building. I'd only been here for three years, but there were others who'd been here for much, much longer, and it was hard. And then we had to go through the the uh, the pain of of, of a cold. Warehouse in in uh, Herbert Street which was a great I've got great memories of Herbert Street but I mean it was cold in the winter am I right guys I mean I don't exaggerate normally but I mean it was cold and it was hot in the summer am I right can I get an amen to that absolutely amen <laughs> you were there Michael you know what it's about and you know but it was all part of the it was part of the death this, we, we had to you know we had other churches were bright lights on the street corner we were somewhere poked away in a warehouse somewhere and people would ring us up saying, "We tried to find you. We couldn't find you on Sunday. Where are you?" And we'd give more specific instructions. We went through all this before resurrection, before achieving a vision, before getting to where God wants you to be. And we're not there yet, by the way. But we're where He wants to be, where He wants us to be now. And we're still forging ahead. But before you get to where God wants you to be, there's got to be a death on all kinds of things at the human level: a death to pride, a death to self-sufficiency, a death to "I can do it. I don't need you, God." Boom, sorry, that one's got to be put to death big time before we can really tap into what God wants to do for us through Jesus Christ. Paul says in Romans 5.3, we rejoice in our sufferings because suffering produces endurance. And endurance brings God's approval. You want to win God's approval? Be a person of endurance and perseverance. You're more than halfway there. And his approval creates hope. Here's something else about, about Christians. They know... It's not one race, but it's a series of races, one after the other. Now, guys, this speaks to us about, about getting things into perspective. That's why this point's so important. It speaks to us about getting things into perspective, breaking problems down into bite sized chunks. Because you see, one thing that can affect our level of perseverance, I'm sure you'll agree, is a feeling of being overwhelmed. You know, you've got a challenge. Some of you who've gained those high class degrees, and if you've been told, if you've been shown a, a, a rapid speed DVD of what that was going to cost you in the next four or five years, you probably would have given up on the spot, you know, if they had been able to sort of show you what this was going to cost you. Those of you who built a house, if they've been able to show you the pain and all the trouble they have with the tradies, you know, but what do you do? You take it one day at a time. Let's see what's on today. Let's see what's on this week. You break it down the bite-sized chunks the Bible says give us this day our daily bread it's a spiritual principle one day at a time the life of Jesus is another example here for him it wasn't one giant step from Bethlehem to Calvary no way what was it it was a series of stages and seasons all of which contributed to who he was he grew up in Nazareth he experienced the warmth and the love of a family he knew what it was to have a mum and dad and brothers and sisters. Might have had a crush on the girl next door. Who knows? Not in the Bible, but who knows? You know, uh, I don't know if that tests your theology, but you know, who knows? I mean, Jesus grew up as a boy, a little boy. We don't know much about his life in those early days. He was introduced into the, the occupation of carpentry. He was a tradie and uh, would have had the, you know, the leather belt around the waist and the, the, the ute with the spotlights on the front, you know. Uh, he was a, a tradesman. And uh, that would have taught him the value of work. He chose followers. And he knew what it was to choose guys who, oh, gosh, you know, how did I get him on board? I thought he was going to be much better. You know, he he went through the pain of making wrong choices. Uh, He went through feeling rejection, even in his own hometown of Nazareth. Get this guy out of here. How dare he claim to be the Messiah? Get him out. Jesus met a variety of people. He got an acute awareness of their needs, their hopes, their desires, their aspirations. When he started his ministry at 30, he knew people pretty well. And that's why he started so late, because that was part of God's training program. And guys, I happen to believe that these experiences, these seasons, these short journeys for Jesus, these little chapters, these little grabs out of his life, they all contributed to his overall success as the Messiah. They all contributed to that moment, that defining moment in the Garden of Gethsemane when he asked the question, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Now, guys, that's perseverance. When you want to quit, when you want to walk away, when you want to say, I'm out of here, nevertheless, not your will, not not my will, rather, but yours be done. That's perseverance. One of the clearest examples of perseverance you're going to find in the Word of God. Every experience of life that you're having now is contributing to you reaching your potential. Don't run away from it. Don't shy away. Don't, one of my favorite sayings, don't pray for an easy life. Pray to be a strong person. Because I'm at a stage of life where I can say convincingly, if you've pushed through some barriers through your life, if you haven't chosen to quit and bail, you reach a point of life where you, you, Feel like you and God could do anything. I think after what I've been through here at Northside, I think I'm ready for anything. You know, it's just been an amazing journey of, of personal and spiritual growth. Here's something else. We're moving to a close. People of perseverance know we can't start again, but we can start now, right now, in anticipation of a revised ending. A changed ending. We can all look back on things that we regret, things we did, decisions we made, things we did, things we didn't do, opportunities we missed, failures we experienced. Guys, preoccupation with the past. Preoccupation with the past is another huge factor in dramatically affecting our level of perseverance. Preoccupation with the past you dwell in the past for too long, it'll dramatically affect your ability, your resilience to keep pressing forward. I tried that and it didn't work. I gave it my best shot and they said, sorry, not good enough. If you dwell on those moments of your life, it will dramatically affect your willingness and your ability to keep pressing forward. I've met many people over the years who've given up on any thought of things getting better because of past failures. And they've stopped persevering and they've settled for merely existing just throwing it into neutral because it have been so badly hurt and nobody understands. People do understand. But I've just been humbled by the, the lives I've been introduced to over the years in ministry of people who've pushed through barriers the likes of which I've not even seen yet. You know, I can't identify with an abusive marriage. I can't identify with some of the addictions that you guys have, have, have you in their grip. I can't identify with losing a loved one through a wife or a husband through cancer. You know, some of you guys have just been through incredible stuff and you're still here worshipping, still here praising, still here affirming he rescued me and, and, and I draw great inspiration from that. Let me, let me take you to a chapter in the life of Jesus. It's in Luke chapter 9. If you haven't read this for a while, read this as part of your homework this week. Luke chapter 9. It's a long chapter, 62 verses this is where Jesus you want an example of Jesus pressing through this is it chapter 9 let me give you three things that happen in chapter 9 of Luke number 1 a guy comes to the disciples while Jesus is away and he says can you heal my son right? and they go sure we can we've seen the master where is he oh he's away don't, don't worry about that you know, we can do this well I don't know what they do You know, sort of ranting and raving and maybe getting the fall backwards or something I don't know but it doesn't work. It doesn't work. The bo- and then Jesus appears and says, "What's happening?" A- a- and the guy says, "Oh, well, I brought my boy, your disciples, and uh, you know, they couldn't do it." And they're on the sort of the sideline, going, "Oh gosh, you know." And Jesus says, "How long must I be with you, people?" Yeah, it's a moment of real, you know, humanity. You check it. How long must I be with you, people? I'm just, this, I'm just getting tired of some of the stuff I'm seeing here. Well, the boy's healed, of course. But then there's an argument about who's the greatest among the disciples. Who's going to sit in the, top jo- in the top seat? Who's going to have the top job in heaven? After all, Jesus has said about humility, you know, to be great, you must be the least of all. He's been preaching, teaching his heart out, and they're having a, an argument about, like, you know, who's going to park in the senior pastor's spot, you know? Uh, I mean, just amazing. So again, Jesus' heart is heavy. And then they get rejected by a Samaritan village. A runner comes out, sorry, Jesus, seen your work, not interested. You know? yeah, that, would, that would hit you, wouldn't it? It's all in chapter 9. Now, what else happens in chapter 9? Well, this is, this is where this is going to blow you away. So, what, what frame of mind is Jesus in? You know, he's, had this, he's had these things happen, plus a few other things, by the way. I've just given you three. So, he, you think he'd be inclined to say, you know what, I need time to think this Messiah thing, Jerusalem. I think I might just need to contact my, my mentor for a while, my counsellor. <laughs> need to go on a retreat maybe. Verse 51. As the time drew near when Jesus would be taken up to heaven, he made up his mind and set on, on his way to Jerusalem. It's in Luke 9. Against the backdrop of all this disappointment and hurt and rubbish that he had to put up with from the disciples, 51, he set his mind on his way to Jerusalem. That's when he made the decision to see it through. That's when he decided this thing's going to happen. God, I'm going I'm to do this. You see, guys, pers- perseverance is not a feeling. It's a decision. It's not a feeling it's a decision irrespective of the past we can choose to press on with God's help and create a new future there are two sayings I love disappointment is inevitable misery and defeat are optional through Jesus we have the power the second one is forget yesterday it died last night you know you think about that if you were hanging on to some past hurt and disappointment it died last night here's the last thing These people know how we finish is more important than how we begin. Trivia question, Olympic Games, 1968, where were they held? Who's the man who said that, Greg? Give that man a fanta right there, because that is amazing, mate. 1968, Mexico City. Okay, the marathon, right? The climactic event of the Olympic Games. And... uh, there's a guy who's been who's etched his name into Olympic history. His name is John Akawari. He was from Tanzania. And something shocking happened to John Azawari in the early stages of the of the marathon. He 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 he, he tripped and stumbled. He fell badly. Hurt hurt himself quite badly. He crossed the line one hour after the first runner. One hour. Like, you know, they're sort of like folding the chairs, you know, shutting down the drink stall. Uh, they're, they're, they're packing up, you know, just about. And John Akawari crossed the line. And this is what he said in the press statement afterwards My country, Tanzania, did not send me 11,000 kilometers to start this race, they sent me to finish it. And a similar thing happened, of course, in the Sydney Olympics in 2000, in the 100 meters swimming event. You know, that guy, Eric Musambani? Remember Eric the Eel? And he took twice the length of time to do 100 metres, you know. And everybody's heart went out to him, but he just kept going. Just kept going. Perseverance. Um, By the way, we would have quoted Eric the Eel if he'd said something, but he didn't say anything. So, uh, you know, he doesn't get... We don't quote him tonight. We quote John Agawari. But Eric the Eel, as far as I know, didn't say anything. But one man who did say something, one man who did say something, is the Apostle Paul, and this is a note we finish on Second Timothy, a little bit beyond our reading tonight, chapter four, verse seven. I have done my best in the race. I've run the full distance. I have kept the faith. Guys, I want to be able to say that. I don't have a year. I want to be able to say I've run the full distance. You know, I, I, I've, I've stayed the course. The journey with Jesus is not easy. Don't, don't let any preacher tell you it is. It is not easy. It's fraught with misunderstandings, with unanswered or apparently unanswered prayers, with lack of immediate results sometimes, with lots of setbacks, lots of dry seasons. That's been my experience in 35 years of ministry. It's not easy. But I come back to the original point. Jesus is our great inspiration. And I hang a lot of my ministry on this one verse from, uh, from Hebrews 12, verse 2. Look at this. Let us keep our eyes fixed. On Jesus. That's the clue in, in the Christian life. You just keep your eyes fixed on don't look for people for inspiration. They'll give you a little bit, but they won't be the ultimate. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, on whom our faith depends from beginning to end. He did not give up because of the cross. Wow. I have to have that verse at at the ready to keep me going as a Christian and as a Christian leader and as a minister perseverance. Guys, we all need heaps of it to get through life, because if you haven't noticed, life is pretty tough, and there are going to be people that let you down, and situations are going to threaten to bring you undone. How's your level of perseverance tonight? I want to introduce you to Jesus Christ, who not only gives good advice, who not only sort of says, look, this is what you should do, but through his whole life and ministry and seasons of life, puts it out there and says, I've lived it. I'm not asking you to do anything I haven't done myself. I've lived it. That's the Jesus we invite you to respond to tonight. You might be a believer. Go with him into deeper waters. Don't settle for the status quo. Is he calling you to be a leader? Is he calling you to step up into more active service in the life of this church? Is he, call, is he calling you to take your finances more seriously? Is he calling you to be a stronger witness in your workplace? Is he calling you to to be more intentional about reaching that person whom you would desperately love to introduce to Jesus. I don't know. But whatever he's calling you to, it's probably going to take lots of perseverance and he'll meet you more than halfway by the power of his spirit. So let's thank him for that, shall we? Well, Father God, we rejoice in the fact that Jesus not only lays out the plan for perseverance, provides the teaching, talks about how it's done. More than that, Lord, he actually lives it shows it, demonstrates it in his life in those 33 years that he lived on earth and through the way in which he ministers to us in the power of the Spirit, urging us on, calling us ever higher into ever deeper waters. And Lord, we thank you and praise you for the Jesus who is available to help us dig deep and find reservoirs of perseverance that we didn't know we even had. And so, Lord, will you please walk with each one of us, whether we know you well or whether we need to to, to really connect with you for the first time tonight. Give us the faith and courage to step out in prayer ministry and do what you're calling us to do, we pray. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.